Hey, this is Rob Harder with Making Your World Better, a nonprofit leadership show where real stories from real people who are coming up with real solutions to solve society's biggest challenges. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? How do people fundraise in an economy that is constantly in flux? How do you relate to board members in a way that inspires them to make a difference? What are the best practices that separate effective nonprofits from others? It is my hope that through these episodes, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear real stories from real leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this series as together we hear how they're making their world better. Welcome to the show. There's been a trend for many years with school districts across the country who have cut arts education from their curriculum. Now, fortunately, that trend is starting to be reversed in recent years. A lot of that is due to research showing the impact that arts education has on developing kids' motor skills, their ability to be creative, their visual spatial skills, as well as building their confidence. Well, my guests on today's show have dedicated themselves to invest in our next generation through the power of dance. My guests today are Ellen Weinstein and Tracy Lester, who are both on staff at the National Dance Institute based in New York City. Ellen Weinstein began teaching and choreographing for the National Dance Institute, or NDI, in 1985, and she was named Artistic Director in 1995. She is responsible for the direction of NDI's in-school program, which currently serves approximately 6,000 children in New York City public schools. Tracy Lester serves as the Executive Director, and she joined NDI in September of 2016. Now, previously, Ms. Lester served as the Chief Executive Officer of LSA, a family health service, which is an East Harlem-based human services agency. Now, they're going to share their insights today about the growth and impact of the National Dance Institute and how it is changing kids' lives. Enjoy today's show. Ellen and Tracy, it's great to have you on the show today. Let's start right off with giving us the background to the National Dance Institute. In quick summary, I've learned that over 2 million children around the world have been impacted by this program. I mean, that's pretty impressive. That's a lot of kids you've impacted. Today, National Dance Institute is in 44 schools in New York City, as well as 13 associate programs across the country, and has international programs in Shanghai, China, as well as Beirut, Lebanon. So this is an international program. So those of my listeners who may be unfamiliar and maybe don't know much about how and why NDI was started, maybe share a bit about the history of your organization, along with the history of your founder. Sure. National Dance Institute was founded in 1976 by legendary New York City ballet dancer Jacques D'Amboise in the belief that the arts should be part of every child's education, that every child has a right to an education in the arts. And Jacques was a product of that. He is a product of someone whose life was transformed by early engagement in the arts. At nine years old, growing up in New York City, Washington Heights, his mother uh, enrolled him in dance classes. She wanted to get him off the streets. It was, it was dangerous. She wanted to keep him out of trouble. So she took him along with his sister to the local dance school. He went reluctantly. It was not something he wanted to do. But over the course of the year, he became interested and he started participating. And that dance teacher at the end of the year said to his mother, there are better teachers than I. You need to take Jacques to see George Balanchine at the School of American Ballet, New York City Ballet. And that was the beginning of the transformation of his life. A teacher who believed in him put her ego aside, realized there were better teachers than herself, saw the potential in Jock, and, and sent him to see George Balanchine, where at 15 he joined the company, and for 40 years 
had a, a career on the stage, in the movies, nationally and international fame. And when he was retiring from the stage in 1976, he wanted to provide this opportunity that transformed his life to children nationally and internationally. The goal of this program is to help children take control of their lives and master the choreography of their lives. That the, that the skills they learn through this program and the power of the arts will help them negotiate their way through life. The goal is not to train professional dancers. Excellent. That's great. Interesting how it started. And I like your mission. And, and according to what I've read about it, the National Dance Institute, or NDI, uses dance and music to instill in students a love of the arts, a passion for learning, and a desire to strive for their personal best. And I love that. It's a great mission. So maybe talk about that. I think all nonprofits have you know these really wonderful missions that they're trying to achieve. Um, talk specifically, how do you instill the love of the arts, first of all, with these kids that you uh, serve? And what's your method of creating a passion for their learning? And then finally, how do you help them strive to become their best? Maybe take each one of those and talk about how you do that. Sure. Well, it starts with our program uh, happens during the school day. We partner with school. So every child in a grade participates. It's not auditioned. It's not self-selection in any way. Every child participates. And we send a team of teaching artists into the school. All of our teaching artists are professional artists, musicians, dancers, choreographers, who've been trained in NDI's methodology. The teaching artists take the children on an exhilarating adventure that has hard work, rigor, discipline attached to it. It's the essence of all good education. And it's, it's all about joyful and rigorous learning. And we use the seductive pathways of the arts, dance and music, to engage the emotion. And once emotions are engaged, that's when real learning happens. And we see it every day in classrooms throughout the city. I'd love to share a story that I think illustrates the power of the arts in the classroom. Uh, there was a boy named Christian in our school, in, in a school in the Bronx, who was struggling academically, struggling socially, and he was participating in the NDI class. And his teacher, Jen, said to him, asked him to stand up and demonstrate the step that they had just learned, because he had done it so well. And then she asked his classmates to, to give him feedback. And it was all positive. I love, Christian, how you, how you used your arm. I loved your energy. And when it was all over, Christian sat down and whispered to Jen, all those compliments just put the pieces of my heart back together. And that, for me, for Christian, this whole program is worth it. We see that every single day. Children who, who gain self-esteem and confidence and learn that there are many ways of being excellent and that success in school is not just about a score on a standardized test. And, and we do it through rigor. We, we, they participate. Classes are high energy. They're hard, requires focused attention, discipline, rigor. Uh, we pick a curricular theme every year. And that curricular theme becomes an inspiration for a year of, of learning and discovery and for the creation of choreography and composition. So it might be one year it was science, and the children learned how DNA replicates and how, what the systems of the body in the fourth grade. And they're learning about it by embodying the movement. And it gets them excited about learning. Even the most disinterested passive student becomes excited about learning. And I will, I will tell you that 
all of those children probably never forgot how DNA replicates because they did it in a way that was engaged their emotion and got them excited about learning. They work collaboratively. They learn to take risks. They learn the importance of teamwork. And it's performance-based, culminates in a performance of true quality. The performance inspires excellence. Every child knows that there's going to be a moment where they have to present what they've accomplished to an audience, and it holds them accountable to their classmates, to their selves, to the audience, to their school community. It's a powerful, powerful transformation. Well, I love hearing your passion uh, about this. And we've had other people on the show that lead nonprofits that focus on the arts. Perhaps you could talk about why is dance such a powerful tool that acts as a catalyst, really, to impact these kids in such a significant way? And perhaps you can even talk about the impact of in-school arts education programs, like you've kind of already mentioned a bit, like this National Dance Institute. Why are they so critical for our kids today, in your opinion? I'm always surprised by that question because... I feel that you're not truly educated. You're not truly educated unless you have an education in the arts, unless you know about music and dance and poetry and literature. Uh, you don't study the arts to become a, an artist. You don't study dance to become a dancer. You don't study math to become a mathematician. But the skills that you do develop through the arts, the focused attention, the discipline, the rigor, the risk-taking, the collaborative teamwork, that will take you through life. That is what makes you successful in life. And dance in particular transcends language. And language, words, could be an obstacle. Dance allows the body, it allows children to use the body as an instrument of expression and communication. And sometimes words and language can be limiting. So it truly engages the whole self. I also think in this age of, of tech and online interaction, it's a reminder of the importance and the power of physical interaction. The arts show them that there are many ways of being excellent and that success in life, I think I mentioned this before, is not just about academic scores. Well, I completely agree with you in the sense that I think arts uh, oftentimes are not uh, given the credit that they should receive in terms of the importance of the overall education. So I agree with you completely. And we've had, again, other people on the show that emphasize different types of arts um, throughout schools. And you probably know, you've bumped into this. I'm sure that there's a lot of school districts out there that are cutting their art budget, uh, which is not necessarily a good thing long-term for a kid. So I appreciate your passion for it. And I agree with you on your sentiments. Now, I understand that you've been asked to expand your programs. And in fact, as I mentioned, I listed all the different places where you are. You're now expanding into international uh, programs. As you expand your programs, which is, again, a wonderful affirmation of your work, how do you manage continued growth while still staying true to your mission? In other words, we talk a lot about mission creep and how to avoid it on this show. Talk about that a little bit, about how you grow but stay focused on your mission. Well, as you mentioned earlier, we've served over 2 million children since inception. Uh, today we're in 44 schools in New York City um, with 13 associate programs across the country. Um, we also have programming in Shanghai, China, and in Beirut, Lebanon. And together we're reaching about 60,000 children around the globe. That kind of growth requires thoughtful and deliberate um, growth strategies, and we feel that um, the leadership here, guided by our founder, Jacques Demoise, 
has really taken its time incrementally to look at sort of what matters for the organization, how to stay true to our mission and to Jacques' vision, and to really take growth carefully. And so as we look to expand programming and our reach, we are going to take it um, day by day, and we're going to look at um, the impact of our growth on the organization um, as well as how it will benefit the children that we serve. So I really feel it's an incremental approach to, to growth and um, to staying true to mission. Well, we value our partners who make our world better and make giving a whole lot easier, like our partner Karma Payments. Karma Payments could help increase donations to your nonprofit by as high as 600%. So maximize financial gifts with the power of Instant Karma, a new cashless giving device. They accept mobile pay and all major cards anytime, anywhere. Donors simply select their generous amount and tap, dip, or swipe for instant philanthropy. Securely manage contributions with top-notch technology, low-cost rates, and all-inclusive payment solutions. Instant Karma's handheld size, portable, weatherproof, and may be purchased least monthly or rented for one-time events. So support your cause, boost giving, and create a meaningful experience for donors this new decade. Learn how at karmapayments.com. Hey everybody, Rob here. Thanks so much for listening to the Nonprofit Leadership Show. If this is your first time listening to us, I wanted to make sure you're aware of a whole group of other interviews with fascinating guests that I've previously interviewed. Just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org, and there you'll find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country, even from different countries, all trying to make their world better. I think you'll really enjoy those interviews. We want to give you more content, and we'd like to get that information to you. And all you have to do is give us your email. When you go to that website, you can put your email address in that first box you'll see on the front page, and you'll be added to our monthly email update. In addition to some great content, you'll see the latest uh, podcast shows. It will be actually sent right to your inbox, and that way you'll never miss any of the great content on this show. The other thing I'll mention to you is if you have questions or comments or you'd like to be on the show, do not hesitate to email me. I'd love to hear from you. Just do that through our website, my email, rob at ccofpc.org. Well, thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. That's excellent. Well, talk about a little bit of some of the things you've learned over the years uh, that you think would be particularly of importance to other nonprofit leaders. You've obviously been successful. You're growing. As you mentioned before, you're international now. When it comes to growing a sustainable organization, a sustainable nonprofit, what have been some of the things you've learned over the years that have really become, uh, for you, things you've leaned on? Well, for National Dance Institute, um, the work that we do is critical to the success of the children that we work with. So the children are at the focus of everything. Um, it's a shared vision, and leadership matters. We all feel that um, our goal is to carry out the mission and the vision of our founder, Jacques D'Amboise, um, and we know that the work that we're doing will have a tremendous impact on the children that we serve. Um, as leaders here, Ellen and I work very hard to listen carefully, to be self-aware, um, to know that failing is okay because in failure comes um, new ideas and success. Um, and we try every day to just really lead the organization in a thoughtful way. I do think that, you know, as times change and as organizations need to be more focused on the bottom line, professionalism is key to growth. Um, making sure that we're taking care of our staff and the teaching artists and the administrative staff and the program staff, that, that they're all sort of front and center in the work that we do, and we, we do care about the staff and 
making sure that they're taken care of. So in that, it's all part of being just a self-aware leader and focused on your organization and staying true to mission. Oh, I love that. I think you're right on with it. Um, now, as you think about the future of NDI, I know you're trying to balance that future growth, but also staying true to the mission and, and how you've started. Describe to us what NDI looks like in five years. Well, you know, we want to serve as many children as we can. Of course, we have to approach that thoughtfully. In five years, we'd like to be serving more children. We'd like to be uh, working with more schools. We'd like to train more teaching artists in the NDI method um, because we know that while we can't be everywhere, that we can populate communities and schools with trained teaching artists in the NDI method who can share that mission and vision with the children that they're working with. So our goal is to expand our reach both through more schools, more children, and more trained teaching artists. Ellen, would you like to add anything else to it? You mentioned you can have a great mission, but it all boils down to the quality and excellence of those teaching artists in the classroom how they engage the children, how they motivate the children. And we put a lot of time and effort into the professional development of our teaching artists. So that is really sort of the secret sauce, the key to the success of the NDI program. And we're really committed to the training of teachers and teaching artists. Well, maybe one more question I'll ask you is, you've already kind of mentioned, of course, why you're passionate about it and why it's so important for the overall education experience for our kids. But maybe if, if there's a listener out there that maybe for some reason is skeptical towards uh, why we ought to include um, dance or other art education into our overall educational experience, what would you say to argue your point of uh, things you've seen in your um, program there in the different uh, schools that you're involved with? Why is it so important? What have you seen with some of the students that have going through the program that just continue to confirm to you, yet this is such an important program. Day after day, we see children whose lives are transformed. And now with 44-year history, there are alumni, there's an alumni association, and alums are starting to come back to us and reflect on the power and the value and what they learned in the NDI classroom. The idea of not giving up, the rigor, the the confidence and self-esteem that was built the importance of collaboration and teamwork, and the, the themes that we introduce through the arts, through music, through dance. It is a powerful thing, the arts. Excellent. Anything else you want to add, Tracy? I think everything Ellen said is just spot on. I think that the arts um, are integral to every child's development. Um, it nurtures and sustains their learning throughout their um youthful years and into adulthood and the kinds of skills and strategies that they acquire through arts education programming and the NDI method of dance will um, serve them for the rest of their life. It's teamwork, it's um, internal sort of strength and improved self-esteem, it's the ability to stick to something and improve on it. As Ellen mentioned, it's the secret sauce to success in life. And I just want to add one more thing. When a child experiences success early in life, it changes the way they see themselves and it can change the trajectory of their whole lives. And for so many of our students that we work with, they they don't often have success in an academic classroom, in an academic setting. And it can change the trajectory of their lives.
Well, I really appreciate you saying those things. And I know I went to your website and there's some great stories. I encourage my listeners to check out their website um, to read about these uh, kids that have gone through the program and what they're doing now and how what you just said has really come true. Like you really built into them a sense of accomplishment, a sense of um, real courage, um, confidence that was really started through the NDIA program. So for those who are listening to this podcast, how can they find out more about you and about NDI and how can they get involved if they're interested? Well, they can go to nationaldance.org on our website, and if they're interested in having an NDI program at their school or if they'd like to volunteer in some way, you can email us at info at nationaldance.org. Sounds good. Well, Ellen and Tracy, great to have you on the show today. Thanks for all you're doing. You truly are. You're inspiring millions of kids through all that you do. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Thank you. I wanted to let you know that we are on iTunes. If you are wondering how to find out where we are, check us out on iTunes by typing Nonprofit Leadership Podcast or Rob Harder, and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you, when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review. Give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast, and your feedback will help us expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as we can. You can also go online to listen to this podcast, either nonprofitleadershippodcast.org or my website, robharder.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep making your world better.